This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon. Junior. The villain, Marty Scale. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the busted wide open. 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 Busted wide open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live, our patron mailbag episode number 46. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And yes, welcome to the episode where we talk about questions yes. questions nick you have questions for us we have answers for those questions that's right if you are a patron of our show you can ask us questions and hear them answered right here on the patron mailbag episode on any patron mailbag episode you just go over to patreon.com forward slash bwo and you sign up for one of our lovely tiers then you can ask those questions and have them answered right here and everyone else can listen to what you have to ask be answered by us i think that's a long way in a short way of saying it, you know what I'm talking about, Nick. Yeah. We're here to answer questions. Yes, uh, we, we answer anything for any. Apparently, dra- we have a lot of Dragon Ball Z fans, and people like to make fun Damn of me right. for never having never seen any of. Never really been an As anime they guy. Should. As they I'm, I'm more of a Ren and Stimpy and fart jokes kind of guy. Like that's that's SpongeBob. Like yeah, talk to me about SpongeBob and Ren and Stimpy all day. But yes, wrestling questions, movie questions. Uh, comic AMA. books, all of yeah. that stuff. We're AMA, wrestling. anything goes. We're a wrestling show. We tend yeah. to keep it about wrestling, but it's an AMA. You can ask whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A lot of times people recast movies and things like mm-hmm. that with wrestlers, which is a lot of fun. We have a metric load of questions today that we are going to be answering. <laughs> Forgot my button was over there. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to go right, get right started and not waste a lot of time. BWOPodcast.com is, has all the links to everything. Patrons, make sure you are, if you're not a patron yet, be ready or go ahead and get signed up at at least a $5 tier so you can be a part of the patron patron pickups challenge that happens tomorrow night at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So head over to patreon.com slash BWO. All you got to be is that $5 tier. You can be signed up to participate and you could potentially win cash and prizes, stuff and things, all kinds of good merch and stickers and shirts and all that's up for grabs. Yummy. So head over there and get signed up. Kicking things off today. Not a question, just a really good sentiment from hmm. our good friend, Mr. Martin Welch. It says, no question, just a message to say hello, and I hope that everyone is happy, healthy, and staying safe. Hopefully this time next week, my family will have our own place, and I'll be BWO Pickham's champion. Yeah. Be safe and have a great show, guys. Peace, love, and fried chicken to all. Yes! Thank you, Martin. Thank, Thank you, you, brother. Martin. Love you, man. Best of luck. Fingers yep. crossed. Yes, sir. All over, for sure. Uh, next up, Jacob says, hey, guys, hope all is well with WWE moving out of the PC. What location that is not an arena, i.e. the rumored yacht, uh, would you like WWE to do a show from? Thanks and stay safe. Ian, what, where, would you, where would you like to see a show performed? Mm, top of the Sears Tower. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, or top of the Empire State Building. Top of a really tall, the Burj Khalifa. 
So, uh, so the Titan Towers that. isn't tall enough for you? You want, you uh, want like 100 floor no. skyscraper kind of stuff? No, I want to see like someone hanging onto the side like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. You know what mm, I mean? Like I, yes. that would be. No, I don't know. I, that's, that's the first thing off the top of my head is a is a wrestling match on a proper roof, not uh, terribly shot like the like the uh, Money in the Bank was this year. Yeah. Um, and in the daytime, damn it, so we can actually see what you know the ground around it, and it's not at night, so it's just we could we could have been anywhere there. Just look like a black set. Yeah. That's um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. Of, you think of one, and I'm, I'm going to try and think of another one. I heard uh, Kurt Angle on an interview recently say somebody asked him one of his favorite memories about Vince, and he said there was the one time they were on a plane for like seven or eight hours flying somewhere, and Vince would just nonstop keep trying to wrestle him. Right. He yes. Just, he would just constantly. He would, he would. Kurt would wrangle him off, and he'd run back, and he would go recruit help, and he would come up and wrestle him some more. And you know, uh, Tori came up to him one time and just tried to get him to go back to the back. Can you please? I need you to help me with something. Can, and just Vince would like blindside him, and sh- I'll just constantly. I would love to see a gutted 747, maybe with a wrestling ring in the middle of it. Let's have one at thirty-five thousand feet. Damn it! In a plane? Yeah, in a plane. Why not even let's go a step further, Nick? Come on, in the, in the true WWE fashion, we can't just do something half-assed. Let's go all the way. Let's have one of those like atmosphere planes that you do like the zero G stuff in, oh. and then just have them go up, and then this drop, and they have to wrestle in zero G. Hey, can we get Richard Branson on the phone? Well, yeah, tell, tell yeah. him it's Nick. I'll yeah, it's okay. Nick. Yeah, he, he knows. So, he knows. You. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. He'll yeah, pick I, up. I, He'll pick up if you know it's you. <laughs> Uh, we could even do it on one of his islands, but uh, apparently Dana White's already stolen that idea. Uh, yeah. No, I think ha- I-, I love the low grav idea. <sighs> they got us again, guys. They got us again. Retribution Freaking is retribution. Uh, they are dead set on cause- <sighs> on being troublemakers today. The- the- this is the most times we've ever had problems with them. Uh, they have become a nuisance uh, to this show. So uh, yeah, we'll-, we'll we'll get this figured out. I have to put in some intrusion prevention devices to uh to to fix this i already know what to do uh sorry about that so yeah zero grav planes you have my attention just in a plane we've done a boat why not a plane why not yeah thank you very much jacob uh next up patrick kennedy says uh in your best the rock voice oh finally now here we go back part of the phenomenal ones after two long months (laughs) hope you guys are doing well my question is, who are your top five favorite WWE heels from the Attitude Era to present? Keep, keep up the amazing work. Most of them are in the Attitude Era. Keep up the amazing work, guys, and it's good to be back, and I'm taking that title home with me on Sunday. Good, uh, luck, good luck. Big words. Good work. Uh, good, good, top, good, good luck. So let's let's come up with five. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll start rattling some. I mean, heel rock five. is probably okay. one of my... Yeah, might be one of my all-time favorite heel personas. Obviously, Rick. I mean, he said Attitude Era, so I'm. He said WWE, man. Well, I was gonna say Ric Flair, but that's like 1988 prime era NWA or Evolution, Ric Flair. No, no, that's not the same. That wouldn't be a favorite. Top five. No, that wouldn't be a favorite. Okay. What about you? Any any spread of mine? Edge. Okay. Heel heel Edge already superstar edge. Edge. Yeah, uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt, uh, until the downward spiral. He said favorite, not necessarily the best. Yeah, Bray, Nick, one of the reasons was, so when we started this show, I was an absolutely enormous fan of Bray Wyatt. I thought that that gimmick was fantastic, his presentation, everything about it. I absolutely, you can call me a firefly, whatever. 
Um, but the, the problem was is his booking killed him over the course of this show. And I got so disillusioned because he was such my favorite. And I'm so, I was so excited about The Fiend because I was like, I'll return to form, yay. I, I definitely have to put Bray in, up in there for one of my favorite heels yeah. of that era. Um, From Attitude so, yeah. Era to today yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and in between, Chris Jericho might be one of my all-time favorite heel characters in all of his different personas that he's yep. had over in New Japan, thrashing those guys, uh, whether it's WCW, whether it's the Attitude Era, whether it's today in AEW, that man might go down as, as one of the all-time just best at Kane. what he does. I'm going to throw Kane in there. Kane, yeah. That's in all one. the different iterations. When he, when he was a corporate heel. Corporate Kane was such a... Not, maybe not no? corporate Kane so much, but okay. like like monster Kane, uh, Undertaker's brother Kane. A lot, there's a lot of iterations of Kane where I just, I freaking loved him because he was, he was ginormous and he was badass in fire. So yeah, I've got to say, I'm, I'm sorry that I still mark out for the fire and they haven't done the, the, um, the uh, turnbuckle fires for way too long, like oh, yeah. far too long in my Him opinion. doing his hands in the, Love Hopefully, it. You know, we'll, Mark we might not ever get that again mm. uh, at this point. Mm. Uh, who else comes to mind? Um, Got to be your favorites, man. Not a, who comes to mind. It's like, who do you think? Oh, yeah. They were great. I can't not say DX. They were, they were some of my favorites. You, you know? say that about everything. Like every question. Every question. Is, DX. It's DX. Your favorite action figures. DX. Who would, who would make the best pancakes? DX. New not day, New Day. Actually, no, no, not New Day. No. DX. Yeah, why are, you, why are you making him sound like Kermit the Frog? I don't know. <laughs> Technically, Kermit the Frog sounds a little bit more like this. Mm, mm, piggy. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm trying to run through all the major heels. Triple H would have to be in there. Triple H was a great heel. Yeah, game, uh, game Triple H post-DX is probably one of the, just one of the better ones. Just sure. me off how much he, he went over, though. That's the only downside. Yeah, that was a pretty good list right there. Randy Orton. Gotta say Randy Orton. Doing some of his best work right now, but yeah. dude's always been a fantastic heel. Yep. There you go. I think that's five. Yeah, there you go. All right. Thank you very much, Patrick. Welcome back to the Phenomenal Ones. Uh, next up, Edward asks, hey, guys, my question is a time capsule question. Mm. Mm. Both of you will be charged with filling a time capsule with five wrestling pay-per-views, one from the 80s, 90s, 1000s, 2010s, and one from this year. Oh, one geez. capsule has to show how amazing wrestling is, and one capsule has to show how terrible it is. Oh, God. I'll let you pick who fills which capsule. Which five shows would you put in each one? Oh, my God. So I have to pick a pay-per-view from five decades? Or four <laughs> one decades from, and one and, from this and year? And one this year. Uh, do you want the good capsule or the bad capsule? Uh, I kind of want the bad capsule. Yeah, I would much better go with the good capsule. I don't remember oh, much about bad pay-per-views. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so you got the good capsule. Uh, so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do... Uh, uh, I'm going to... Eh. 80s, 80s, well, 80s. Bad uh, 80s? Bad pay-per-views in the 80s. I mean, how do you not say WrestleMania 3? Mostly for the Macho Man match and not the... Uh, I mean, but it's such a moment in history with Hogan and Andre. And it's it's so much written in the lore of professional wrestling. Uh, Hogan uh, slamming Andre. I, if, if, if I'm picking one from the 80s, it's got to be WrestleMania 3. 
You know what? Actually, I'm going to put WrestleMania 1 in there for the significance of starting oh, wow. WrestleMania. Really? As, as, oh, it, I thought it, you nailed it with WrestleMania 3. You've got no, the... You've I'm, got I'm the gonna, uh, there's not much in there with, with the Hogan line. Okay, fine. I'll stick with WrestleMania 3. Oh, there's stick my with WrestleMania one from the 3, 80s. man. Uh, that 90s. Was, yeah. Wow. Well, 90s. hold on. Let me do the 80s, man. Come on. Oh, the, me... well, okay. What's the 90s or 80s bad one? I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. I mean, if I went for a WWE one, there weren't that many pay-per-views because it was still kind of a new thing. I mean, I'd be yeah. tempted to put WrestleMania 2 in there because it really wasn't good. Um but that's just an easy cop-out because I'm trying to remember some of their other pay-per-views. And I just think some haven't aged well, but at the time they were good. And I'm, and I'm trying to parse my bias. Yeah. Um, and this is one where because I didn't watch so many of the pay-per-views at the time because I was so young. Um, Where's Andy when we need him? You've watched all these throwback things. Yeah, I need to have watched them more recently to really remember which ones were really, you know, really terrible as opposed to, man, WrestleMania 2 really wasn't as good as I remember it. It's a shame you know I don't I mean? have a VCR because I've got that whole, well, I guess I do have the network. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've got, I've got that I box mean, I, of all I, the WrestleMania. I know one of WWE's lesser ones from like 89 was probably, there was like a crap one around there where it was just, you know, a terrible card or, or maybe even like, you know, um, one of the competitors like a WCW or an NWA one just, you know hokey as crap and they they had a bunch of technical glitches and errors and whatnot because they didn't have wwe's um production values yeah you know it'd probably be one of those but i i'm unfortunately i'm sorry i can't pick it up off the top of my head yeah 90s is is tough for best now one. 90s 90s i've got like six yeah, there, there <laughs> were six ones. in 1998 that were just terrible pay-per-views but you have um, to go good ones you have to go, you have to, you I, have to, I know I have to do, and I'm spoiled for choice. So I'm thinking of like 97, 99. There were a bunch of good ones. 92 Rumble, obviously for for what it was, uh, the way that they had Ric Flair run the run the gamut and mm-hmm. and, and win the title. So I, uh, I have to put 92 Royal Rumble in there. I can't not include that one. 92 Rumble's the 92 Rumble is the best. Oh, for the like the show off the best of wrestling. So the whole Attitude Era, you'd show that one over any of that. No, because I've got a I've got I've got a, an ace up my sleeve. Go, oh, because you're gonna do something in 2000. I know you. you <laughs> I know you. Uh, and and frankly, it's the pay per views weren't that great in the late 90s. Um, until you got to about there was one in night. I think it was was it No Way Out in 97. That was a really, really good one that gets rated really highly. And then there was a couple in 99. But you had to get to 2000, 2001 before they were just nuclear kind of pay-per-views. So that's right. I, I'm going to stick with 92 Royal Rumble for its historical value. Okay. All right. Um, I, man, 90s, I've got a really... thing because I've got... I'm, I'm spoiled for choice. I mean, WrestleMania 9 or 11... Uh, King of the Ring 95 or Mabel one is awful. Um, Halloween Havoc 95. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go with King of the Ring. I'm going to go with King of the Ring. Mm, oh, that's Halloween Havoc, though, is really bad. See, I don't remember anything oh, about any of these. <laughs> it's either going to be Halloween. You know what? what? What was his question? It was. Um, how show how terrible wrestling is. One capsule has to show how amazing wrestling is, and one capsule has to show how terrible it is. It's a toss up between King of the Ring and Halloween Havoc for me. I think Halloween Havoc. 
because King of the Ring has stood the test of time. Halloween Havoc was but a that but that year was terrible. That show was terrible. There wasn't any good matches on it. Mabel won it. But uh, to show how bad, how terrible wrestling, re- terrible it is, I think Halloween Havoc's an example of how bad it can be. All right, all right, you got me. Halloween Havoc. Halloween King Havoc of the Ring 95. has at least some good ideas in. Yeah, there at somewhere. least. Okay. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. You got me. You're right. Yeah. The concept of King of the Ring is better yeah. than anything on Halloween Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sold. Uh, 2000s, uh, this is the one, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. And it was at the absolute height of uh, the their ratings domination. They were getting 9 million viewers uh, at, leading up to SummerSlam 2000. This was, it, it's, it's one, of the, one of the better pay-per-views maybe ever. And I mean, this was—I uh, mean, it was a crazy card too. You had all kinds of stuff going on, but SummerSlam 2000 is my moment. I know we got to go fast. I don't have time to recap the whole pay per view. <laughs> I was gonna say they're gonna get the whole thing. No, it's SummerSlam 2000 for me. SummerSlam 2000. Yep, that was a really good pay per view. Yes, I concur. Um, I—I mean, if we're in the 2000s, how do I not pick December to dismember 2006? The the nadir of the the letters ECW. Uh, I don't even remember anything horrible. about that. It's it's horrible. It's it, the fact that ECW <laughs> was the name is bad enough, right? Um, and we had you know we had the great Kali even was there, wow. like it was just just bad. Uh, Bobby Lashley beats Big Show for the championship in an ECW pay per view. Get the <sighs> get out of here, oh, garbage, God. garbage, garbage, garbage. Uh, Could have gone Great American Bash, 2004, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go December to December to December. Can't even say it. Can't even say it. It disgusts me so much. Yep. All right. Two thousands. Two thousands. Twenty tens. Yes. Is tough. And for best one because I have to choose between Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins cash in. Which one is more important Mm. to show how amazing wrestling is? Was his very specific question. I, and it's I'm going to vote for me Daniel not, Bryan. It's hard because, for me not to go with Daniel Bryan at yes. 30. Yep. How do you not go that? For that displays the epitome of the underdog storyline over the course of six-plus months, the build to everything at Mania, the evolution of the feud, the authority angle involved with all of it. Just, oh, I'm getting... I'm literally getting tingles and chills thinking <laughs> about it. I almost want to do a viewing of WrestleMania 30 tonight. That after, right there should tell takeover. you. That right there should tell you, you know how you feel. I, it is one of my favorite moments in in wrestling history. Is, is that entire six month, four to six month build towards Mania Thirty? Absolutely. Worst incredible. worst pay per view of the two thousands. I know there's a recency bias here, but I have a no, hard 2010s. time. Twenty tens. You already did the two thousand. That's what I mean. Tw- sorry, twenty tens. Yeah, but I have, yeah. I have a recency bias. It's hard not to say. I know there's some in like. 2012 and 2013 that weren't very good. But man, Backlash 2018 was a stinker from top to bottom. Oh, God. A freaking stinker. Was that you the people walking Ambrose out? had the title? No. Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns in the, in the, in the main event. People walked out. They walked out. You said Backlash, Backlash 2018. Backlash 2018. Absolute garbage. I know we need to pick one for this year. So good yep. one from this year. Best one from this year. <sighs> I want to say, say Royal Rumble. But it's it's almost it's got to be WrestleMania. It's got to be WrestleMania. It's got to be re- because of the importance, historical significance of the pandemic and the no fans 
and the fact that they pushed forward and the show must go on, and it was yep. still an amazing, amazing really show Entertaining. Yep. with tons of incredible matches in it. It's got to be WrestleMania. Yep. And the worst one, I think, easily has to be the horror show at Extreme Rules. Uh, between the absolutely stupid eye for like you want to talk about the worst that wrestling can be eye for an eye match yeah eye or for a an eye swap match. match take your picks the swamp match was <laughs> what the hell was that um ziggler versus mcintyre for the wwe championship like yeah uh it, it wasn't anything good it's bailey versus nikki cross like even though the matches were well worked it was just it was a very under underwhelming show all around so if i had to yeah. pick one from this year that's got to be it, and and I know that's the last pay per view. So, but I I've looked. I literally just went and looked at my notes real quick, pulled up my notes, and looked back at all my notes from this year, and that was definitely easily the worst one. Yeah, even worse yeah. than backlash. I did. So. I wouldn't even need the notes for that one. <laughs> it's bad. So there you it go. Was so bad. Five uh, best, five worst. There you go, Edward. I hope the you time enjoy those. Question. Uh. Uh, Kyle's up next. He said two questions this week. Uh, one, yes. I just platinum Ghost of Shishima. So since Ian has been playing the game himself, I think it's time to ask if you were to cast this video game with wrestlers, who oh, would you Jesus. choose, just to make this easier, from a performance basis? Uh, by my count, there are 14 developed characters in the game, so you have to, I guess yes. you have to cast all of these. Yes. Uh, I, I'm not even going to read that whole list. Honestly, shocking there were only that many <laughs> given how massive the game is. Yes. It's so very do you want to recast Ghost of Tsushima? I haven't even loaded the game up yet. I'm aching to play it. It's really good. It's yeah. freaking fantastic. And part of it is that the, the, the acting is fantastic in it as well. Yeah. The characters are very well realized. Um, you do get engaged. There's you know, plot twists and betrayals and uh, and whatnot, and some of them genuinely took me by surprise and felt like I, I was invested in it. Um, I've found myself casually wandering into some Twitch streams yeah. for about two minutes, and then I'm like, nope, nope, I, I don't, nope, I, and I've heard the voice acting, and I've seen the, gra and it looks amazing, and I can't yeah. wait to play it, so I don't want, I don't, I'm trying to stay out of it as much as I can. I, I would recast all this, but I feel like, you know, anyone listening would have no idea what the hell I'm talking about unless they played the game. <laughs> Um, I mean, right off the top, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough because again, you got a guy like like uh, Kotal Khan, whatever his name, Kothan Khan, um, who I would initially want to say like, oh, cast him as like a Brock Lesnar, but he's so well spoken and so intelligent and so just kind of like kind of still that I, that wouldn't work either. Like someone like a you know like a big beefy dude like a like Hiroki Goto or something like that would be a a great example for him, but mm. even Goto is not a great promo. So I don't know this, this is one I'd really have to think about. And you know, am I doing colorblind casting or not? Um, it's really tough. And I, I just don't know that anyone who hadn't played the game would be entertained by me being like, so this random side character would be played by this. Um, so I'm sorry, Kyle. Like I, I, I love the game. I recommend everyone go play it. It's, it's actually a combination of difficult and really easy to play at the same time. Um, so it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a very accessible game and it's also one of the most beautiful games of this generation, which is an appropriate way to kind of close out the generations of PlayStation exclusive. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I, I'll leave it at that. I, as far as, I mean, I'll, I'll just cast the main character. Um, I think that like a, uh, a, you know, Sonata, just not emotional enough, but would be really cool as the main character. Um, but I'm just trying to think like. Like as far as like yeah the the character that he presents like there's really nobody that pops out at me right off the bat uh, from someone in New Japan who really kind of portrays that character or if I was going colorblind 
Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a really tough question. Take that one to Facebook. That's a good conversation. I'll take that one to Facebook. I'll take or, it to Facebook. Or Discord. Yeah, you, I would love to see the the conversation there. Plus, we keep everybody. Oh, Kyle's sort saying carrying cross for Coz and Khan. That's a that's a pretty good one. Uh, Hiromu, maybe a young Hiromu, maybe a young Hiromu for Jin, the okay. main character. Yeah. Uh, oh, he also, Hiromu. I thought I thought Hiroshi. I think means Hiroshi Tanahashi. A young Hiroshi. Hiromu's too weird. Hiromu's too weird to be Jin. Hiromu's more like the the what's the side character who's like the the sake dealer. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. anyway, we're there. My point exactly. Uh, what else we got here, Nick? With TakeOver tonight, when you were reading this, I'm kind of in awe of tonight's main event between Cross and Lee, not only because I love the bill, but also this is one of the few big-time matches in which I honestly don't think there's a wrong answer in terms of the outcome of the match yeah. because where both characters are right now. So my question is, what are some of your favorite big-time matches in which, based on the story told, you felt there was no wrong answer in terms of who wins? Also, why do you think such stories are so rare in wrestling? They are rare. I'm trying to think of other examples I mean, where, like, either Ed, person Edge and Randy won. Orton earlier this year uh, in their No yeah. Holds Barred match, it, it was one of those where I it was a big-time match, didn't feel there was a wrong answer. Uh, I feel like we were stolen the the, the rubber match uh, that was stolen away from us with Edge's injury. For now. It'll For now, happen. But we're going to get It'll that happen. back, right? Yeah. Um, Samoa, Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar. I wanted Joe to win, but either way, um, that was going to yeah. be an awesome match. Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor, another one. Mm. Um, Bullet Club revisited. Just off the top of my head, you know any any of the any. Champa Gargano. Uh, there were several matches there that it just it was I didn't care. Yeah, I was just didn't care I, who like, won. Oh my god, entertain the hell out of me, you two. Tanahashi yeah. Okada. They've had a oh, bunch yeah. where it's like either one could win. Omega Okada. Yeah, well, that one actually was a story. I feel like that one. Yeah. You had to have Okada win the first two. Omega wins the next two, and then you have the final match. You know what I mean? Like that was a that was I thought a story. Yeah, it was. Um, so no, why do they think they're so rare? I think because so often it is a story, right? How often? How often do you have a story where you've done such a good job of building both sides that you would be equally satisfied with? the good guy or the bad guy winning, or if it's, if it's not even that binary, um, when you've, that's, that's a sign of a well-told story where you can get to the actual climax and be satisfied no matter what happens, but not know what's going to happen, possibly even more so because it's, be, it's been made so even. Right. Um, I, I think that's a really high sign of good storytelling. And the reason it doesn't happen often is it's hard to tell a story really well like that. And so often it's much more easy to go with a very... A binary storytelling mode where very good, very evil. Um, you know, even though I think Karrion Cross and Keith Lee are, you know, are very binary, this is an example where they have they've put us in a situation where we would be comfortable with Lee losing because Karrion is so badass. You would understand why he lo would lose, but then be intrigued to see where it would go from there. So, yeah. Um, a situation where you've set up your good guy to lose and it would make sense in storyline. And again, that's good storytelling. That's good setup. That's good paying attention to the minutia and the details um, and allowing your characters to actually breathe yep. so, that, so that you can understand if they're fallible or if, they can, if they're capable of losing. 
You um, referenced a, the, the Omega and Okada story. I mean, the fact that Okada won the first two made it that much bigger of a deal when Kenny finally got one exactly. on him, right? And then exactly. ultimately winning the the whole thing is is that's that Okada winning the first two is the thing that made it such a big deal mm-hmm. uh, at the at the end of the whole run. So, I mean, look at this as what they could potentially do here with Lee and Karrion Cross. One of the best matches of the last few years in in, in, in uh, New Japan was Tanahashi versus Ibushi at the finals of the G1, I think, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and that was one where either one, either of them could have won, and we would have been satisfied with the story. It could have been the young upstart finally beating the, you know, the, the ace of the company, or was the ace finally finding one more run in him and yep. gutting up and beating this young tank? Um, and it was such a well-told story that you could have gone either way with it because it was so well-told. And it was really, in the match itself, they told 90% of that story. Yeah. So that's one where I give the credit, the, the credit to the performers as well. You can book anything you want to, and I, I think my only addition that I would add on to what you were saying is you can book anything you want to. There's a level of fan engagement and crowd acceptance and buy-in to the story that you're trying to tell Mm-hmm. Like people have to invest in it for it to have the feeling that you can be satisfied with either guy winning or losing. There has to be a fan element there as well. The viewers have to be invested and engaged to a certain extent in order to for it to have that level of impact. But here we are with no fans, and we're all invested in in Cross and Lee. Well, I mean, no fans. Look, what, look at Twitter. I mean, just you can you can kind of read. I, I, the I, thought, I thought you meant like bit. there. I thought you meant there. Not live in person. Watching. No, no. Oh, okay, I mean, okay. Yeah. But, well, yeah. There has to be. You kind of have to read the room a little bit and make sure that people are investing in it. Or if it's a dead angle, no, I mean, nobody's gonna. They're not gonna continue. But that's any storytelling. You're sure. telling it to someone. The story has to be engaging to the to the recipient. Exactly. But okay. I mean, I think there's an element of that that's a sort of prerequisite to make it feel as impactful uh, for these kinds of big time matches like this. Sure thing. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle. Next up, you, uh, Ian, you have to eat a little bit of crow again, unfortunately. I do? Yeah, apparently uh, it is Adon. Adon Ortega, he confirmed here for us. Thank you very much, Adon. You had said it was Aiden. And I said, no, it's I not. I was Adon. Saying, I thought you I was said, saying it was Adon. You said Aiden. Anyway. Okay. Uh, where's this? Going? What's your route Mount Rushmore of Eddie Guerrero matches? Uh, and what are some Eddie matches with current talent that you would have loved Ooh. to see? Oh, oh Jesus! Oh, uh, Without going I mean, back and looking at all of the Eddie matches, uh, I'm not sure I can do a Mount Rushmore today. Uh, I would I gotta, I gotta absolutely love to have seen Eddie wrestle with Daniel Bryan. Um, I would Jesus. have loved to have seen Eddie Seth wrestle Rollins. with uh, Seth Rollins with a Kevin Owens. Sort of the think of the roster of NXT champions that have come through. Kota Ibushi. Uh, uh, imagine if we had the Cruiserweight Classic and Kota Ibushi versus Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Oh. Any of those cruiserweights, man, we've got such insane, like the, the lucha style and the faster paced style. Imagine, and just imagine Eddie let loose in AEW right now. Pac and Hangman and Kenny Omega. Pentagon. Pentagon. Phoenix. I mean, j- just that alone. And we're not even scratching the surface. Wow. The world is has become a bunch of Eddie Guerreros. Yeah. You know, um, it's a, it, and what's crazy is, so one of my Mount Rushmore has got to be Eddie versus Dean Malenko uh, at ECW, uh, I was 95, uh, Hostile City Takeover, I think. Um, one, of, one of the greatest all-time matches. And it was, uh, everyone today is either a Malenko or an Eddie. And you have like so much fewer 
uh, big lumbering Vince monsters. And even those guys usually can do some Eddie stuff, you know, some high flying stuff. So, man, the world would be Eddie's oyster right now. The only downside is, you know, the guy would probably be too old to really go. Um, yeah. He, but, he Was he late 30s when he passed? Yeah. yeah. So he'd probably be past his prime, but, he I mean, who knows? 50, you know. Yeah, who knows? But um, other big uh, Eddie matches, uh, the No Way Out match with Brock has got to be on there. Um, yeah. You can pretty much go any Rey Mysterio match, but I'd say either the latter match in 95 or their first match, which I, or it wasn't their first match, but it was like the first big coming out match, which I want to say was, God, was it Halloween Havoc? 97? 97, yeah. Yeah. I think it was. So, yeah. So just, I mean, like a t- double feature of those two, the beginning and the end. Ugh, that's kind of sad to think about. Um, Edge, he had a great I Quit match with Edge on, I think, just like a random SmackDown. Around 2002, I think it was before he got suspended. I think um, the the JBL match where he was like bleeding like a stuck pig. Oh, that yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that Judgment Day, or was yeah. that No Way Out? Uh, anyway, but that that match. So there's my there's my Mount Rushmore, Betty. Right yeah, I, I don't I don't have one like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll have to accept that one, uh, Don. I got a ladder uh, match in there. I got it. Um, <laughs> I'm mostly mad we <laughs> never got matching? to see the the fruition of seeing Eddie's son Dominic with Eddie by his side. Oh, shut up! Get out of all right. Participating. Jesus Imagine if Eddie had been here to see. Imagine if Eddie had been here to see her. You say that and slap the taste <laughs> out of your mouth. God damn it! <laughs> Thank you, Adon. Uh, next up, Abraham says sup. Hey, hey. Simple question. Oh. When I win the patron Pickums championship, yeah. payback, I have to face one of you in a Hell in a Cell match for said championship. <laughs> question, which version Hell in a Cell match would you like to face me in? HBK and Taker, Mankind and Taker, any other you like, Edge and Take was a good one too, etc. Mm. Bold, you say? I'm bold for claiming victory this year, this early? Yes, it is. Our current champ can't even get butts in seats. Barely oh. won that strap and never pinned me. There's oh. no challenge here, just an unfortunate squash at the hands of the greatest patron that ever lived. <laughs> Some have called me less than a god, but more than a man like Hercules or something. So again, my bold prediction is I will be champ. Now, which one of you first-time podcasters wants to take me on in hell in a cell? All right. There you go. Fierce. <laughs> Fierce. What was the question? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, uh, uh, payback. And I the have best to thing face is it's Abraham, so I know he's, I know he's, I know, and it's Abraham, so I know that he's delivering this in like a darkened room somewhere. Yeah. Like, like a, like a, the fiend light on him. Right. So, um, what was the question? The question was, uh, which version Hell in a Match... Okay, so he ha- at Payback, he's going to have to take on one of the challengers that he beats from the Patriot okay. Pickups tomorrow. And he's letting us pick which Hell in a Cell stipulation or style uh, that those two will face off in. Should it be an HBK I mean, and Taker, Mankind and Taker, I'm gonna be most, Taker, Cactus Jack? I'll be most entertained by Mankind Taker. Someone goes sure. off the top of the cage, and then I want to see somebody's tooth sticking thumb, out of their nose, and then thumbtacks, teeth, and noses, <laughs> spears into the cage while someone's brutally concussed. Uh, the car crash, car crash, hell in a cell would be my choice, right there. Oh man, I've got it. <laughs> Terry Funk getting 
choke slammed out of his shoes. That's the one I want. Oh, even Mark chimed in to reply to this one said you could always go Triple H versus Cactus Jack and have the challenger put their career on the line. Oh. You could never participate in a patron's pickups challenge again. Ooh. I think Mark I think Mark just landed the plane on that one. Mark Ooh. Mark stuck the landing. Damn. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, Triple like H versus it. Cactus Jack's nice. As That's long a- as there's no screwdrivers through the ears, no. I'm I'm good. No. Uh, thank you very much, Abraham. Next thank up, you, uh, Mark asks, Good day, gents. I uh, hope you're both doing well. While it's obvious to say that everyone enjoys a good, well-worked match, mm-hmm. I believe individual moments are just as, if not more important, yes. and it seems Vince believes in this too. The big moments are what gets played in video packages, especially for events like Rumble and Mania, and it's the moments that people usually talk about. Do you think that other promotions have done a good enough job at creating these moments and if not, do you think that these promotions need to do a better job at this? If either of you feel this isn't important, I'd love to hear a counter-argument. Stay safe and keep on keeping on. So, Ian, what... Do, are other companies not creating big enough moments to make impactful video packages for promotion? So here's the funny thing. There's moments, and then there's moments. There's Vince McMahon moments, which are like big, spectacular, holy shit kind of things. You know, Bobby Lashley getting speared through the, the LED board. Braun flipping a truck, uh, Stone Cold driving a beer truck into the arena. Um, you know, the, the, the things we always talk about. Um, mankind getting thrown off the cell, like big holy shit moments. But there's also, you know, before that, it was somebody winning was a big deal. Yeah. Dusty finally wins the belt from Ric Flair, yeah. right? Terry Funk going... And ever, and ever. It's just a guy winning, right? Those are big moments. Yeah. Promos can be big moments. Hot times, right? Like big moments don't have to be predetermined, Mid-Miz bombastic. On yeah. It doesn't have to be a match, right? No. A moment can be just something incredible that happens organically. Vince McMahon, however, so often tries to inorganically create big moments that a lot of those moments feel hollow. Right. And the real big moments, like Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30, even though, was that planned? Yes, of course it was, but it wasn't the original plan. It, we willed it into existence. Right. Kofi Mania. Kofi Mania. Uh, to look at just some of the recent examples. So do other companies do that? Absolutely. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in business. I mean, think about some of the big moments you've already had in a year of AEW, or a year and a half. You want to say their pay-per-views before that as the well. The whole gauntlet of Cody going for MJF, you know. Sure. I, I, I mean, Cody and Cody and uh, Jericho had a bunch of iconic moments. Him punching through the glass to get at him in the little back room and then dragging everyone out for a brawl. Um, the the st- stadium stampede had like 18 insane moments. You know, Kenny Omega doing the one-winged angel off of the, the entranceway at the end. Um you know, Matt Hardy leaning out the window, pointing at Sammy Guevara runs away. Um, there's been like in AEW alone, they've had a whole bunch of big moments. And those are more of the spectacular kind that Vince loves. Yeah. But you look at something like New Japan, Naito winning the belt very recently. A huge moment. Yep. Um, uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Shibata having an 11 minute slobber knocker at the G1 in 2013. Um, matches can be moments, right? Like, I've, there, there's, there are images that are burned into my head from New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, 
that have nothing to do with people hosing down their boss with milk or beer, but are just like the endings of matches. The first time I so, saw a TNA match with the six-sided ring was like, well, this is... And if, and if we're talking about builds to matches, not just finishes, like yeah. whether it be a promo, whether it be, you know... Obviously, not every company has the money to, to you know, drop a huge backstage rig on the uh, Brock Lesnar, but I don't think that you need that to create a moment to sell a match. It used to be you sold a match with your mouth, right? Yep. A, a well-placed beatdown and your mouth, and you get butts and seats. And I think it's a cheap way to just rely on big moments, Um to get butts and seats. And that's one of the big criticisms I have of Thunderdome, right? It's not the content. It's just a big flashy thing. It's really cool, but at the end of the day, it's kind of hollow. It's you're, you're throwing literally so many lasers. The entire screen is filled with lasers and lights and fireworks and, and LEDs and all this crap. But make me care about what's in the ring. That's more important than that. Far more. NWA Ta proved that. Yeah, talk Power, my butt into the seat. Power, right? Talk my butt into the seat. I still remember the first time Ricky Starks cut a promo on NWA. Mm. I just blew through the screen. Yep. So, yep. long story long, there you go. Good one. Uh, so ultimately, do you think other promotions have done a good enough job at creating these moments? I, I think it depends on what he means by these moments. If you okay. mean have they been, done a good job of creating, you know, big, spectacular holy shit moments, Sean coming in through the rafters at WrestleMania. No, they don't have the money or the budget. But, they don't, but my argument is they don't need to. They're, they're creating other kinds of moments in other ways. Otherwise, they wouldn't be successful. Yeah. And the companies that aren't successful are the ones that either, you know, if you take aside financial stuff, um, you know, just mismanagement and whatnot, if a company is successful, it's because they're creating moments that fans are investing in. And they, it doesn't have to necessarily be a beer truck to yeah. be those moments. Good point. Thank you very much, uh, Mark. Next up, Brandon has said, Hey, guys, would you like to see a heel partnership between Braun and Alexa, and how would you book it in Fantasy Book the next six months of them together? So so evil Team Little Big, hmm. basically. I would be down for that. Evil Team Little Big sounds fun. Um, I don't know I'm, how I would book it, but... I'm curious... I think Alexa Bliss is going to play into the match somehow tomorrow night. It was even more telling that she wasn't on SmackDown in any way. Plus, we had Nikki Cross sitting back there going, oh, I'm worried about Alexa. I don't know what's happening with her, and I don't know. I, I, think, it's, I think what we're going to end up happening is Alexa Bliss basically comes a real-life manifestation somehow of, of Abby, Abigail, something mm. like that. We saw it in the swamp match with the lace, the black yeah, lace, yeah. things like that. Like we, we've, we've had drops of it. I think, I think we're going to yeah. see it manifest tomorrow night. Uh, I prefer that. that. I prefer yeah. that. I prefer her being the fiend's angel of death right. to teaming with Braun again. Right. And Braun essentially being callous and careless with her allows her to fall into darkness. That's a more interesting story to me than her turning heel and then being with somewhat kind of heel Braun. You know, where I feel like Braun is in this place where we're still, the fans are supposed to still be kind of going. Come back to us, Braun. You're just—it's just the fiend. It's yeah. the evil getting into you. You're not there. This is not who you are, right? That's what I feel. Braun's story is. Yeah, we're ending Act One. I think Act Two of this whole arc is going to be Braun sort of snaps out of it at yeah. some point, and then he has, has to, to go rescue Alexa boom. Bliss from the fiend, 
and yeah. we go on. We're I mean, we could this Alexa. could run all the way to Mania if they if they do this right. You know, I agree. I completely so agree. It's it. I just hope they do it right because I don't have uh, a lot of faith they will. But I trust Bray. Though, Bray. I trust Bray. They seem to be for the most part careful with Bray, except for the Goldberg thing. Ugh. Um, but they seem to be letting Bray do what he wants. So fingers crossed, big time. But yeah, I think I think I'd rather have Alexa be evil. If she goes evil, I'd rather have her with the fiend. Yeah. Than with Braun at this point. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Brandon. Next up, Billy asks, uh, "Good evening, my friends. Just two quick questions. Firstly, how awesome is it going to be when I win the Pickums this weekend?" I don't know. How awesome? I don't know. Tell us. I'm finer than Kona Reeves. <laughs> shoot straighter than the prince, and I can Ooh. style and profile with the likes of the nature boy. Look at I this. can't wait. And I know you can't either. Secondly, Survivor Series weekend is quite huge with the war games happening just the night before. Do you mm. think it would be a solid idea to move war games to a different time of year to spread out the big matches? And to eliminate that excuse of, well, he was in war games last night, so that helped him lose the match. Won't be mad either way as long as my wrestling stays happening. Stay phenomenal, and I'll see you all in Discord. Uh, uh, I'm torn right. about this because they no, feel so linked. I, I kind of want them to stay together. I don't. I want, I want them separate. Keep war okay. games and Survivor Series separate. War games has become such a huge thing for NXT. It's always True. a spectacle. It's always enormous. And if you have people going out there and trying to kill themselves – at war games, and then they had to go and put on a, a, a match the next night. Adam Cole, what are I mean? You're trying to kill your wrestlers. Yeah, it's, it, keep it separate for the love of God. Like we yeah. don't have to have it. Like give them a week, at least. Um, especially, I mean, if NXT is going to be a part of Survivor Series, just come on, man. That's that's not fair to make them go through war games and then have to come out the next night on, on Survivor Series. Yeah. That's yeah. That part, I, I think that part so. I do agree with completely. It, it's for too, ease of it's watching, much. for like a hype, a hype weekend. Yeah, it's great together. I understand why they do it. Yeah. I just I can't help. But I, I agree with Billy that like I don't want to see the excuse of oh he was in war games last night so he's not a hundred percent. I was like yeah you you made those shows together, guys. Of course he's not a hundred percent. I believe he's not a hundred percent. Yeah. The guy took a bump off the top of a cage last night and almost died, and tonight he's going to come out here and have to do 30 minutes against Daniel Bryan or whatever it was. Come on. Yeah. That's just mean. I will say in a selfish way that I do like my takeovers and my uh, pay-per-views together. Uh, what I do That's think, a- you know, I, I, it's, and it's a very selfish <laughs> I, way to think about it. I don't but- because the takeovers are always so much better, and I'm like, oh, tomorrow night's show's not going to be as good. It's a good point. I think there was a time when that was true. I don't, I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, uh, take what we've got in front of us tonight and tomorrow night. I mean, it, it stands to be an amazing weekend of wrestling. Hope so. So, uh, fingers crossed with that. But I, yep. I will say that I did like when w- there was a rhythm and a cadence to the big four pay-per-views, and there was a takeover the night before each one. I, I, I dug that. I was, always, I was always into that. We didn't have too many takeovers uh, throughout the year. It was just special, right, right before the big four. I, I liked that. I wish I kind of missed that a little bit. It made mm. him feel that much more special when we got him. So, uh, but for Survivor Series, if NST is going to be the third brand in Survivor Series, that's the line, right? If there it's for a me. true third brand, man, yeah. keep the pay per view separate. Yeah, it's got to be really a separate. Thing. I really believe that. Yeah, almost like the Great American Bash. I would I'd treat it like that. Uh, the way they did that on TV, and you yeah. know, do do something where it's just completely separate like that. Yeah. Thank you, Billy. Uh, next up, Yardi says, "Guten Vanderen." I hope everybody is having a good weekend. Uh, you guys are in a cover band that only plays wrestlers' theme songs. Ooh. Okay. 
Which All songs right. do you pick for your big opening, mid-concert mid big hit, and the last encore song? Thank you guys for being amazing. Good luck to everybody in the Pick'ems for the BWO. He calls it the yeah. World Championship, and it's the Patron Pick'ems Championship. This is this is easy. This one's easy. Yeah. Okay, go you for it. Open. Open. You open. Lights are lights are down. Curtains closed. Yeah. Audience is thrumming out there. They're waiting for the show to start. The curtains start to peel back. The glass breaks. And you start with Stone Cold. You start off with the Stone Cold. That is the entrance to the show. That is the how you kick things off. Just a deathcore uh, version of it with seven string guitars and you know, sure down tune. <laughs> yeah, drop, yeah, drop D. Drop D. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got, I've got monkey from corn up there. <laughs> it, uh, it actually could be twisted into like a almost like a. Are you ready? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit like corn, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. is a little bit. That's a little inspiration there for the Stone Cold. That's entrance. a little. I'm bit. not saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, mid show, I gotta go for I'm a real American. Hulk Hogan's theme right in the middle, just like the crowd okay. just pumped, pumping them fists, keep them alive in the middle of the show. Um. And then to close out, there is no other way to close out. You come back. I mean, this is like the encore. You know what I mean? This is like that you've done. You're covered in sweat. You're backstage. Pound a little water. Get back out there. That audience is so happy to see everyone again. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, Springton. We've got one more song for you. <laughs> On this day, I yeah. see clearly. Special I guest singer Miles Kennedy walks out on stage. Girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good encore. That's so, fantastic. That's how you close the show nice. and leave every leave everyone on that high. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much, Yardy Insert Ian Dangerous for that one. Uh, Marshall next up says, "Evening, fellas, and happy Super Saturday." Uh, collectively, between the both of y'all, pick a movie. Mm. With that being said, discuss using wrestling logic with storylines, underrated characters, and overrated characters. With the storyline aspect, you can change it if need be. Thanks for hanging in there with us through this crazy day of wrestling. Uh, pick a movie? Pick a movie. Like, randomly? Predator. Sure. Well, let's go with Predator. Predator. Okay. So, first of all, obviously, you know, the, the main guy, the face, the Hulk Hogan is Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Got it. But you've yep. also got a whole bunch of other faces as well. You've got, you know, Jesse Ventura is like, he's the heavy, he's the... He's the big badass. Obviously, probably could never really beat uh, Arnold in a fight, but he's definitely he's he's the big lunk. He's going to be like your upper mid card badass face. Yeah. Uh, you got your tweener, like Billy's a tweener. Like he's just he's you don't really know what's going on with him. He could turn on you at any time. Crazy um, Indian dude does some voodoo from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? He Bill, he does the he, he's got the cutting his shit and he's got all his little he's a warrior and, it ain't got nothing yeah, to do a, with him being Native American by the way tracker excuse me Native American not Indian horrible Sorry about that. Nick my goodness but yeah uh, upper mid card kind of guy right you know, that's that's what I mean it's like you've got you get you're kind of your upper mid card guys um uh what's uh what's his name um Bla uh, no that's uh Ventura Bla Bla well you got Carl Weathers Carl Weathers is obviously like. He's That's the, the shitbag heel that turns on you. But he's also, he re, he redeems himself, right? Doesn't he? Because you then you have the big bad heel. You've got the dragon, the monster, the Brock Lesnar, which, of course, is the predator. Right. Right? So you've got, like, you've got the guy, who, the, the guy who's on the hero side. The first, you know, arc of the story is 
you have the major face and he's got his buddy, you know, Randy Macho Man Savage or Carl Weathers or whatever, right? And they turn each other, but they ultimately right. realize that like they've got the ultimate warrior, Brock or whatever, is the guy that you have to go face eventually. And so ultimately, you know, uh, Carl Weathers sacrifices himself for the face, for the main guy, for, for Vince's like number one dude, uh, the man, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to survive. And then, of course, you have like your... Your uh, your your lower card as well. You know, you've got your um, uh, Billy Duke who plays Billy. Mac. Well, no, Bill Duke would be upper mid card, man. He he lasts for a while. All Bill right, Duke's yeah. upper mid card, right? He's your junkyard dog. I'm gonna bleed you real slow, like. Leave <laughs> <laughs> you behind. Got it? Yeah, yeah. Because he he knows, he knows that, that that Macho Man Randy Savage doesn't have not doesn't have Hulk Hogan's back. Yeah, he knows. No. Yeah, he's been around. He's been around long enough. Um. But then you get you're like you know you're like you're Shane Black. He's like a he's a he's a you know bottom of the card. He's gonna go first. He's one of those yeah. guys. He's just fodder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's see. But that's pretty much it, isn't it? That, that's everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the story of Predator? Using just, wrestling storytelling, how do we tell the story of Predator? Well, so you've got a uh, you have a big heel from another uh, promotion comes into your promotion, and. Um, you know, eats his way through the lower card and then through the mid card to the point where there is currently a feud going on between your top babyface and your top heel and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. But ultimately, even they have to put their beef aside to deal with this new threat from outside the promotion. Ultimately, the, the, the monster heel from outside the promotion takes out everybody. The only person left standing is your company number one babyface. And the first match, the Predator wins, doesn't he? Takes him out, and Arnold barely survives to like scrape away and through the, all the mud, and only. Be, but in doing so, he finds out, you know, the weakness of this. You know, oh well, his heel is kind of like I got him in that heel hook at one point, and his, his his foot's really really tender. But I still lost that first match. So next time, I've got to really like go when I go train. I got to really like train up on that heel hook, and I'm gonna try and make him think I'm gonna go for an arm bar, but I really know that I've got to go for that heel hook. So, and then sure enough, that's how the match plays out. Nice. Nice. And he holds you, up at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, I'm here. Kill me. Do it now. Do it. Come on. I'm here. <laughs> You're one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank, you. thank you very much, Marshall. We got to get going. Uh, we got to so we'll be done by the time the pre-show starts. Uh, Justin says, happy Saturday, guys. My question this week is about Mr. Five Moves to Doom himself. John. Cena. Think on, whatever you want about him, hole. but you can't deny the impact he's had on WWE and his legacy True. within the company. Agreed. True. In an effort to keep positive, because let's be real, there's way too much negativity in the world right now. What are some John Agreed. Cena matches that you were pleasantly surprised by? One of mm. mine, SummerSlam 2013 versus Daniel Bryan. Thanks, guys. Yep. Have a great weekend. Definitely one of them. Yep. Kevin Owens, uh, when Kevin Owens came up with the NXT title and uh, AJ Styles, the, the series with Kevin Owens and AJ Styles were, that was, I think, honestly, for a lot of people, that yeah. was the redemption of John Cena. After years and years of Super Cena, those, the series with Kevin Owens and the series with AJ Styles redeemed Cena for so many people because he allowed himself to lie down and lose. Even though he ultimately won, it was still, it, and he wrestled. He got in there and wrestled with dudes. He was pulling out Canadian destroyers. The, so, the match, I'll never forget the match with Kevin Owens coming out with the NXT Championship. Uh, that was really what put NXT on the map for me that year, mm -hmm. eight years, seven, eight years ago now. And then the uh, him doing all of the open challenges for the United States Championship. Yeah. That, that led up to general. the Rusev in a tank uh, at uh, Mania. 
it no. was post that. that oh, this was after the. Oh, was that? Was it after yeah, that? It was after I thought that. okay. So anyway, the John Cena doing right all the open that, challenges right. with the U.S. Championship was, was one of my just big runs that I love about. It John actually Cena. redeemed him getting the U.S. Championship because he actually did something with it, made it relevant, made it fun, and every week you had a great match. I think that was actually the redemption. I think him beating Rusev at Mania was kind of like the end of Super Senior era, where we were sitting there going, That's uh, "Good point, yeah, yeah, yeah." And then uh, look or, at look at what Cody's doing over with the TNT Championship in, in AEW right now, and it's fantastic every week. It's a good match. Or every wait, week. no, because we had no, because after that we still had the chain match. Which was awful. I um, thought all the open challenges up led up to the. I might be wrong. No, though. that was after. It was definitely after. Okay, it was definitely after. Oh well, those are mine. Um, some of Double my favorite John Cena matches. Anyway, I gotta throw in. I got a Firefly Funhouse from this year's WrestleMania. I gotta throw oh, that. Oh, you have to put that in there, even yeah. though it's is it a match? not a match, not a match, but yeah. it's you know, and also uh, South Southpaw wrestling. Just and they're not matches. Just uh, when he won the title from JBL, that was a big moment for him. Yeah, um, Southpaw Regional Wrestling, dude. Oh, yeah, of course. You I'm gotta so, do that. Yeah, man. come on, come with me. Thank you very much, Justin. That's that's a good Thank one. Got it. Got to respect one of the goats uh, mm-hmm. in, in Cena for sure. Uh, Robert Rosado says, "Good afternoon, gents. If you wished Love to that. be part of the wrestling family, who will it be? I personally would choose to be part of the Fatu family. Mm-hmm. They're all badasses. Stay classy. Um, hmm." I mean, how do you not go for the Fatu family? <laughs> They're royalty. Does the Fatu do family extend to all of the other? Uh, yeah, the, the whole Anoa'i, Fatu, uh, Uso, like it's just all of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the Samoan Inter- dynasty, right? Inter- uh, yeah, of WWE. Dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> how do you not be part of that family? They're, they are right. the dynasty. Uh, I still want to know to this day what. What, what granddaddy fatu has on uh on vince mcmahon to all of that all of the people coming in it's it's he saved kind of- he saved snooker too i mean that could you could argue that was just for you know that's money but snooker's a snooker's technically a member of that family too so it's mm, a good point um i mean why a no. family <laughs> shut up <laughs> i don't know uh what other wrestling family cm punk straight it certainly say the hearts um yeah, they're a bit of a mess, though, man. They are. Like that's a I, if you really dive in, like Stu was kind of an ogre, and Brett's miserable, and the drugs, and just and you know just so much bad juju around that family. I hate to say it. Yeah. Um, like it would be a tragic family, but it, I mean, amazing family. Jesus, the legacy is incredible. But yeah. what a tragic wrestling family. Um, you know, the Rhodes would mm. be a great one. That's that's a. Yeah. I mean, obviously very small, but. Still, you know, incredible. The the effect they've had on the wrestling industry is huge. Um, you know, and then and then I think it just comes down to almost like single dynasties where you've got, you know, The Rock as a kid in the PC right now. You know, Charlotte is at Flair. Um, Randy is in, is in Orton. You know what I mean? Then it's Third just a matter of the, yeah. yeah, a matter of the kids. But the I Hen- think Hennig's, Curtis Axel, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, you, know, you could you could certainly go into. There, there's a lot of family. The Von Ericks. Thank you, Kyle. That's the one I was trying to think of. Definitely would not want to be a member of that family. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Um, uh, I would also, yeah, not, not, the, no. not the Von Ericks. Also not the DiBiase family because they're all going to jail. Right. So, they're all no. crooked. Yeah, in real life. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, Roberto. Uh, next up, Josh asks, you are transported via time machine to the height mm. of the Monday Night Wars. I'm assuming 2000. Or is that what we're going to call the no, height? No, that's it. It was done. My height was like 98. All right. 
Uh, you each can have Eric Bischoff make one change to WCW. What do each? What do you each choose and why? Uh, not let your superstars just run roughshod over the whole show. Have a That's plan. Very general. I think he means one specific change. Uh, uh sell it sooner. I don't know. I'm <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I've, if, if I've had to pick one, it's going to be between the finger poke of doom and the tasing Goldberg. And I think I'm going to go for the finger poke of doom because that's really, I think, when everyone turned. Was the ta- that yeah, was the, the cattle prod thing is, is for, I would understand. It was that. lame, but they recovered. The finger yeah. poke, I argue, they never recovered from. Putting the title back on Hogan in that way murdered everybody. Like that made everyone just go, screw it. WWE is way better. WWF at the time is way better. That was, I mean, living through it, I can tell you that's when I felt amongst all my friends, that was the big shift. Yeah. That's when everyone just went, all right. If we're not going to take this seriously, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, For me, it was it was the punking of Goldberg that that really yeah. that I between the prod and spray painting him and and all like yeah, do that to undercards, do that to whatever. Go, not Goldberg, right? That was when, once I saw that happen, I was I was kind of done. Plus, yeah. the Attitude Era was was hot fire at the time with over in WWE. That's and, the problem. They were against such fierce competition. Oh. They did not have a room to make a mistake, and those were the two biggest ones. I mean, you could also argue. Not utilizing Sting correctly, not utilizing Bret Hart correctly. Like there's a bunch of missteps they made. But if we can only pick one, it's got to be one of those two. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the ratings differences in 2000. I was watching something on this uh, when WWE was at its peak. Remember, keep in mind today it's about 1.5 to 2 million on like a Raw and SmackDown uh, on on a decent night. Uh, That's what WCW was getting. At the time, while WWE was getting anywhere from six to nine million viewers, and it's interesting, um, Storm Stormy Waves forty two over here in the chat is saying, "Not let David Arquette within breathing distance of the World Championship." And the thing with that is, that was way after they'd already been stabbed in the heart. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's during the Vince Russo era. Like once they brought in Vince Russo, I think the writing had already been on the wall. I would argue. I mean, you can you can go look. Dave Meltzer's got you know the, all of the statistics laid out as when the when the ratings really started crashing. But and David Arquette winning the title was definitely, I think, the final nail in the coffin. But I I would say the gun the gun that shot WCW was it happened earlier than that. Yep. So. Yeah. We got to go. Brad Shepard asked, uh, hey, guys, wanted to throw a question out there and turn back the clock to the mid 80s to early 90s wrestling days and get your takes on a few wrestlers and tag teams. All right. Yes. Uh, These can be quick first come to mind comments or can expand a little. Also, who would you like to see them in a feud or angle of today's talent? Catch you tonight on Discord. Yes. Uh, So what are we doing here? Get your takes on a few wrestlers, tag teams. Okay. so first impressions. First thing that comes to mind. Road Warriors. Uh, one of the best tag teams of all time yep. laid the groundwork for any smash mouth hard ass team basically took what the brain busters did and turned it up to freaking 11 on steroids literally um, <clears throat> brought, brought in some of the more elaborate costuming that we saw over yeah time. The showy costuming yep. you know yeah uh, I, th- I think the road warriors I, I don't know what tag team wrestling would look like right now without the road warriors and what we got out of them and, shockingly and, athletic for their size too I, I think they're they're they're, they're one of if not the best all-time tag team Agree. It's it's easy. Uh, mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Express. Funny enough, Rock and Roll Express. I think are the fathers of modern tag team wrestling, at least in terms of AEW. I think that's how they're being sold right now. That's the story we're being told, and I think it's a legitimate one. Yeah. Uh, I I really can't find any 
anything false about that. A lot of tag team wrestling has become a lot more fast-paced, a lot more go, 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 um, and about you know big spots in the match to try to keep the fans invested. I think that the Rock and Roll Express was doing that before anybody. So yep. uh, really have no problem with them being put out there as the fathers of modern tag team wrestling. Uh, I, would, I would say they were sort of the innovators of the hot tag in a way. that like They were mm-hmm. getting them to... You know, while the Road Warriors were a lot of smash mouth wrestling and sort of execution style of, of stuff, I would look at Rock and Roll Express and be like, they were more about uh, sort of tagging in and out spots and hot tagging uh, was really what made them big. Uh, Midnight Express. Uh, I, I just can't not see Jim Cornette carrying a tennis I was just going to say, it's one of the greatest heat magnets of all yeah. time. I mean, uh, the go back and watch like some of those promos uh, of Cornette. And and how like young Cornette with his big old '80s glasses on that he still wears today, right? And right. just some of those promos are absolute hot fire, monumental, belong at the top of any promo list. Yep, uh, that that's what I think of when I think of Midnight Express. Is it, is all Jim Cornette? Pretty much. I mean, and he'll be the first one to tell you that they made a ton of money off of just getting stupid amounts of heat, and a lot of that heat came from his mouth. Yeah, and and you know, good angles. Yep. So, yeah. Think what we want about him today, but that's that's he was instrumental in that. Still getting heat. Still getting uh, heat. Tito Santana, massively underrated, massively underutilized, largely because he was Latino. Vince never liked him. He didn't see him as being bigger on the card. Got misused so much, but my God, that guy was talented. And you could argue that he was way ahead of his time. If he's one of those guys, that's if it was around today, he'd fit right in. Yeah. Um. I don't. I. I wish he was still more involved in this stuff, to be honest with you. I think he had a good head for the for everything, just never quite got over. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he was but not because of lack of trying. I mean, I think I think there was moments that he was very over. It's just they never took advantage of it. I think that he's kind of like um there's there are parallels all throughout history, I think, where they didn't push guys they should have. Um, you know, whether it's a, a Rusev or a Sami Zayn, like this didn't know what to do with these incredibly talented people, and Tito Santana falls into that. Yeah. Uh next up. Uh, what was it? Uh, Junkyard Dog. One of my favorites as a kid. Same. Loved Junkyard Dog. One of my absolute favorites. Um, didn't realize until I was much older that he was way cooler on the, on the, back in the, other, in the territories as opposed to WWE where they kind of neutered him a little bit and uh, made him more of a cartoon and never really took advantage of what an amazingly entertaining guy he could be. Just radiated charisma and also uh, might have done a lot more if his, if his career hadn't been cut so short by... Uh, passing away too soon. So, yeah, uh, tragic that he died so young. But um, always one of my favorites. Love Junkyard. Yeah. Uh, and to wrap things up here, Coco Beware. A guy who was absolutely murdered by a goofy gimmick in WWE. A lot more talented people give him credit for. Um, but also he just went feuding so with Repo Man and just kind of silly who, angles. That was and, towards the end of it all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you come out there and you're big flash. I mean, that's just, it's, it's the height of Vince being, you know, like, he's just happy to be here. He just likes to have a good time. Get out there and dance, you know, and then not seeing any other use in the guy. Yeah. That was, he was pretty much the poster boy for that. Yeah. Uh, but also a talented wrestler. So that's, it's another guy where it's just, it's too bad. And yep. he just, but also really, I think, loved his gimmick. Maybe a little too much. I've seen him since that, where he still he still thinks he's Coco Beware. He still got the parrots and you know tries to do the like jiving and dancing around and everything. And I'm like, kind of Vanilla ah. Ice uh, haircut. Got some color. It's in like it if Vanilla Ice had never stopped being Vanilla Ice. Right. Like, everyone loved. Well, he never had. He never has stopped. He's still. 
he kind of stopped. He That's tried to true. get. He tried to be the funky headhunter. Oh, that was that was MC Hammer. Excuse me. Right, right, right. But they, they, they both tried to go gangster at one point. Right. Thank but. you very much, Brad. Good Brad Shepard. Not not good side news, Shepherd. Brad Shepard. Yes. Our our Brad Shepard. Uh, next up, Sean O'Brien. Hey guys, recently during the process of moving, I unearthed my childhood Hasbro wrestling figure collection. Mm. <gasps> Something I hadn't seen in 25 plus years. I brought back all kinds of nostalgic feelings. Question: Do you have any wrestling memorabilia that you're most proud of? Uh, whether it's a rare item, your Nia, your Nia Jack shrine? Nick? No. Oh. Whether it's a rare item, something from your childhood, or just a cool backstory, stay phenomenal. Thank you, brother. Um, there's there's <laughs> a lot back here. Um, <laughs> Nick, we don't have all day, Nick. No, no Nick. No. I'm just, I'm what are doing you doing? That, I'm doing going? this. I, okay. I got a handful myself. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Brilliant. They're, they're, they just haven't found a place yet, but there's a handful. But no, the, the smoke and skull belt is probably my favorite piece, if I'm sentimental about anything. Um, mm. the, the box set of WrestleMania VHS tapes is pretty special, too. Those were, those were also unearthed in a storage locker the last time I came to L.A., and I had to ship it all back to myself because uh, it wouldn't fit in all the luggage. So yeah, a lot of that stuff was was fantastic. What about you, Sir Ian? I don't. I didn't have any childhood stuff because I wasn't allowed to have any wrestling stuff as a kid because it was quote fake and too violent as a kid. So I would yeah, I would watch it, uh, and I you know whenever mom would come in and be like, I can't believe you're watching that. You know it's all fake and mer 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 the typical stuff, and um, would always encourage me to turn it off. Thank, to bless her, she never actually like made me turn it off. Like she made me turn off GI Joe. I wasn't allowed to watch GI Joe. But I watched Robotech, where people actually die. So, you know, goes to show what parents know. Yeah. And, um, and from a memorabilia perspective, I was really big into baseball card collecting back then. Uh, Star Wars and He-Man, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was allowed to have those, which totally were not violent at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but, I, but I, you know, I didn't really have anything. Um, G.I. Joe, recruiting your children to the military since 1984. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, kids. You'll never die. You always eject out of your plane in time. Right. right, right. Uh, uh-huh. Um, so all of my cool stuff that I got, I kind of got later in life, you know, so, and I'd say your Foley, uh, signature was probably one of your most, that I taken away that is your most sentimental about. Oh, I, I, I had a great time talking with Mick Foley and, and yeah. getting the signature was really cool. So yeah. it was, that's definitely a good one. It was, thankfully it wasn't just like a straight up meet and greet. And I was actually able to talk with him. So that was cool. cool. Nice. So yeah, that's, that's one, the signed Pentagon, Pentagon Junior, uh, Lucha Mask, which is right back here behind me. I got a couple of signed stuff that's really cool and, you know. Obviously, love my Hiromu cat, but uh, yeah. Um, and I no. told the story. I told the story before about the uh, the Hulk Hogan figure that we had back at the um, the Tulsa house when I lived with uh, 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 Ann Larson from the Going and Raw show, where we froze Hulk Hogan in a pitcher and then threw his frozen body off of the balcony. And one of the only things that survived was his was his hand, the big claw. <laughs> and I actually have that plastic Hulk Hogan hand. In my bedroom, on top of one of my lamps, so there's like this big claw coming out the top of my lamp. I, it, I don't know. So I got, oh. I'm sentimental about that. Those were good times. <laughs> Lots nice. of dumb stuff happened in that house. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sean. Uh, and finally, here, Esme. Happy says, birthday to Ann Larson. By the way, it was just his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday to. Oh, Ann everybody, go wish Larson a happy birthday. By the way, fun fact: I listened to their SummerSlam pickums. The stakes that they have against each other. Uh, Steve is currently the Going in Raw champion. Champion has, yeah, has, the, has the title. Uh, but they have they are giving themselves a hair versus hair stipulation between the two of them 
for their picks. If That's Steve loses, he deal. has to put a Seth Rollins blonde streak in his hair. Oh, big and if Larson loses, he has to do a Fu Manchu because he has the beard. He has yeah. to do the Fu Manchu and dye it blonde like Hollywood Hogan. Like Hogan. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, I, I want to know when I they're going to do their neck tattoo Man, Larson's for Larson's got way so. more on the table there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think also that's not as big of a deal in a pandemic where you're not really going out at all anyway. Like part right. of it, like the, humi- the humility, the humiliation is not going to be there. So <laughs> yeah. that's great. Imagine us trying to pull that off. Right. Uh, all right. Last but certainly not least, uh, our lovely Esme, the current reigning defending. I do that. One of us. To, oh, hold on, hold on, Nick. Hold on. I'd put a streak in my hair. I'll I'll, I'll go streak for streak. I'm not putting you. shit in my beard. Ah. No, you can forget that. Ah. Nothing's going in Nick's beard. I'm at your hair. Uh, give me like a, a like a like a like evil like give me like a pink streak in your hair. No. <laughs> if we get to a hundred patrons, I'll do the purple stuff, the French braid, oh, the purple, purple braid, the Naya braids, thing, right. Naya thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, finally, and let me try this again. Finally, last but certainly not least, our lovely okay. SB Booby Champ says, Hello, Pod Papas. Hello. Uh, hope y'all are well. Just saw Pumpkinhead for the first time. Yes. Holy crap, what a fantastic film. Lance Henriksen was excellent. Right? He, yeah, totally. Was watching uh, it with my sis, and she sees Lance and says, Hey, it's the guy from that thing. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the aliens guy. He's the android. He was uh, aliens. He was in Millennium. He yeah. was in uh, the Terminator. He was in everything back yeah. in the 80s. Yes. Everyone knows what kind of actors those are. Those guys that are everywhere, but no one knows their names. Who are some of your favorite not-so-well-known actors or actresses or entertainers in general? Damn. Uh, The first one that comes to mind for me, and he's become a little bit more known, uh, Ben Foster. Oh, yeah. He's become a lot more known. I mean, you talk about – he's a little bigger now. uh, Yeah. But when he was first doing little side roles and stuff like that, uh, you can go back to the Thomas Jane um, Punisher. He was mm-hmm. in that, and mm-hmm. that was one of his first roles. Kid's incredible. I mean, I, yeah. I remember him in 30 Days of Night just oh. being like, who the hell was that guy? He was Angel in the X-Men movies. Right. Right? 310 to Yuma. He was Everything he's in, he just out of the park. Yep. That's Kid's the first amazing. one that comes to mind for me. Um, Paul Giamatti for me. Yeah. Paul Giamatti. Gotta early, be Paul Early Charlize Theron for, before people clocked on to oh, her. Oh, stop it. You can't, nah. I can't use that one, though. You can't uh, use that one. She became Charlize Theron. Yeah, right. Pandorum as well. Yeah, good call. Um, Marshall says I, Timothy I Oliphant. Ever, I think he's too big. He's pretty big. I think people know who Timothy Oliphant. Well, but he, I mean... Not back in the early 2000s when he was yeah. doing Deadwood. You know, I, I think people slept on him initially... Um, uh, and also, I, he was in a. Uh, there was a remake of The Crazies in 2009 that oh. no one saw, and he's in it. And that movie is um, totally slept. Dare on. I say it's better than the original? It is better than the original. Yeah. I, I'll fully go there with you. The original you. is it's, kind of a, but it's 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 better in the way that the Hills Have Eyes remake was better than the original. Right. The original's classic. It is what it is. But the remake was just a better, more entertaining, well dialed up a little bit. Yeah. Totally dialed up. Yeah. yeah. But no, um, Esme, Lance Henriksen is the man. Um, and also, I have got a chance to meet him. He was the first celebrity I ever met in L.A. And he is so freaking cool. It's unbelievable. He, he is that badass when you meet him. He just exudes cool, calm, badassery. So, yeah, Lance is, Lance is my boy. If you'd asked me this without bringing up Lance, I wouldn't have said Paul Giamatti. Lance would have been the first person I actually mentioned. So yeah. there you go. Fantastic. And yeah, Pumpkinhead is the shit. I yeah, love that movie. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Pumpkinhead yet, it's 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 ridiculous and Great silly and Halloween. amazing. 
Halloween's coming up. Oh, I know you're starting oh. to get a little little twingy over there. Oh, I'm I'm already I'm I'm already I've got <laughs> I've got my I've got like a, a graveyard growing in my bonsai tree already. So I'm ready. Oh goodness! Well, guys, it's half. Do we past- get any other questions in there? Uh, anyone Anyone else uh, sneak one in? Let me refresh. Let me refresh. We gotta go. <laughs> Pre-show's about well, to start. Quick one. Oh my God! There's two more. Uncle ah. Greg says, "Thank you, Esme. Gentlemen, hope all is well. I'll make this quick. What's your biggest letdown in wrestling history? Where you just felt the most deflated after a moment happened, or you felt the company dropped the ball? Much love. Roman wins the Rumble. And The Rock points to him and everyone's crapping on him. That was I, – I lost friends. I lost wrestling friends in that. People, guys, guys who never came back to that. That was just gutting. Just, Stone what Cold turning doing? heel. Ooh. That's my biggest one. That's a really good one. I was actually still on board. I'm like, where are they going with this? But it wasn't, it wasn't as I'm out as yeah. – I mean, that would, that would be turn John Cena heel times 10. Right uh, now, you know what I mean. It, it, I can't at the at the end of that run. I just could not believe. I, I could not believe that they did that. It, I mean, it I was killed everything. It was a long, slow death for me. The whole uh, the whole invasion angle was a long, slow death for me. There was no one thing. It was just a whole bunch of little things, like the death by a thousand cuts. But uh, the one big moment where I just remember just wanting to flip a table, like you idiots, what are you doing? Like you just, you just got over screwing this up the year before and the year before that and now you're really you're going to triple down what are you uh, flipping uh, yep. flip the table no romans so, right. it, it enraged you so much we made a, a special thing called the state of the roman and you did this huge monologue about oh it's tons of stuff but yeah Woo. a lot, a lot uh, of work last but certainly thank you uncle greg last but certainly not least jess o'connor says hey y'all i am the miz again today late to the party with not much to contribute oh <laughs> you yes you do stop it uh, my question today will hopefully be simple and easy. What's your ideal pay-per-view kickback setup? As in, what are your must-haves before starting a show so you don't have to leave the couch for anything but a potty break? Stay awesome. What are we going to do in about five minutes? Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, I told Esther in the middle of the week that this was going to be a crazy weekend. She probably wasn't going to see much of me on Saturday. Uh, the, we were going to get done with the show and run straight to the living room to turn the TV on for the kickoff show, which we're about to literally, do a minute ago. Yeah. Um, so that's getting started. Um, she made a lasagna and uh, chocolate cake for me for the weekend. So, Jesus Christ! Are yeah. you going to be able to move? No. And I'm. How are you going to be able to it. get back up I, off the and couch? And I've had about to... four hours of sleep last night, so I'm I'm we ready gotta to go. We got to record after the show. I How know. Gonna... I know. You're going to be over there, just like. <laughs> yes, yes. So I really enjoyed the takeover. Yeah, Sonya Deville will slap me. You know? <laughs> oh, okay, we gotta chocolate go. Cake. Okay, we oh. get it. Just saying. Uh, what are me, your must-haves? What are your state? I gotta have, I gotta have Diet Coke. I like Ritz crackers. I like cheese string. That's that's my go-to snacks. I don't know, man. I'm if I'm doing a setup, like I don't know. I'm fancy. I get like the meats and some crackers. You know, <laughs> bring us a plate of mini meats and I cheeses. I get like mini meats and cheeses. <laughs> yes. This is what I do. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. No, if I'm doing a setup, I go I go all out like crudite and 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 uh, meat plate cheese plate. Cheese plate. I, get, I get ridiculous. Charcuterie board. Yeah, char- charcuterie board. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of uh, spicy uh, stone ground mustard and um, some. <laughs> Does your butler some, in in his tails coat bring you the Grey Poupon? Your camembert. Yeah, Here, and here's I, a and, warm and, towel dipped in chamomile for you. Yeah, you know? and I, I don't know. I'll, I, I don't know what I'm gonna have today for for drinks. It might. It's hot uh, as balls here, so I'm probably gonna have a margarita. It's so or hot. 
I, yeah. I like. I need a shower before I can watch Takeover at this point. Good lord. Well, thank oh. you guys for your questions. Thank you yes. so much. Thanks for uh, thanks for getting them in all the way to the end. What an amazing show. So much questions, and it's awesome. I freaking love it. The only reason we got to go now is because TakeOver is about to start. Yep, we got to go watch the kickoff show. We got to go watch the kickoff show. We hope to meet you all there. We'll be heading over to Discord very shortly along with the the stuff that we just said we would be having. So yes. cheers. I'm going to have Absolutely. a margarita. Uh, through a link yeah. to the Discord. If you're not in there yet, come join us. We have dedicated chat channels uh, to keep things spoiler-free outside of it. So if you're in there, be ready because we'll be chatting about that all night. Uh, tonight throughout TakeOver starting right now. People are probably already in there chatting yep. about it. Uh, I'm betting Andy and Kyler at least are already are in there. Uh, thank you guys very much. BWOPodcast.com Make sure you're following us here on Twitch. Welcome to all the new subs and followers from today. Thank you everybody for all of your bits and subs and donations to the show. It helps keep things running here. And you still got time guys to get into the BWO Patron Pick'ems Challenge for SummerSlam tomorrow. All you got to do is head over to Patreon.com slash BWO Sign up for that $5 tier and we'll be posting the Pick'em's sheet with confidence bets later tonight mm-hmm. here soon in about, give me about an hour to I'm gonna set it settled, up. I'm going right? to set it up while we're doing uh, the pre-show, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but come join us in Discord, guys. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Find us in the uh, Facebook discussion group, all that good stuff. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.